God's creation was good, very good. It wasn't good for man to be alone. Now that's true despite the little snide remarks about the fall happening because of Eve. The silly jest that man would have been better without her is completely wrong. We men know that we took and ate too. We sinners take and eat the fruit that we shouldn't eat so often. In the garden, man exalted himself to be a god in the place of God. I'll determine what's right and wrong for me. I know what will be good for me. I know what I want to do, so that's what I'll do. Never you mind, God. I'll take it from here. In fact, I know how you should act and of what you should approve. We're bad at listening to God. We're bad at trusting God. Our sin has brought death and brokenness into God's creation. The devil tempted us away from God. It was a subtle question, and it still happens in every single temptation. Did God really say? Now, I personally have said many a time, your time in the world is not neutral. You can't just leave the church and thus leave God's word and God's people and the body behind and think that you'll be fine, unaffected. A severed limb doesn't survive. Don't think that you can go out into the desert of this world and somehow not want those stones to become bread. Not want God to make things easy for you. You'll only talk to God when you need a favor, right? You'll think that God and the world owe you because you're truly the center of the world. You can't go out into the wilderness and win without God. You can't overcome the temptations of the devil, the world, or your own sinful flesh and its wants. If you think you can, then just who do you think you are? And that gets us back to the problem, doesn't it? We thought we could be God. As believers, we can spot where the devil's lying tongue and murderous and thieving paws are obvious in this world. Did God really say, let there be light and there was light? Doesn't evolution make more scientific sense? Did God really say that there is life from the moment of conception? Wouldn't God want what's best for the mother and Doesn't that mean death for the child then? Did God really say that he formed you in the womb and gave you your eyes, ears, and all your members? But you can't deny your feelings and how much it would surely help you to take those hormone pills and dress differently. You can't deny that, can you? Okay. But you're in a pew. You live in the world, but you're not in the world right now, right? You're somehow in this weird embassy, right? Well, Martin Luther supposedly said this, where God builds a church, there the devil also builds a chapel. 
I don't know if that's saying something about our next door neighbors, or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is a joke. Okay. Don't presume to think that the devil has stopped prowling around 24 West Wright Street, or your address, or your heart. That's the point. The devil is a liar, a thief, and a murderer. In the world, he may operate with the strategy of stealth. He's convinced the world that he's not really there. He's not here. Oh, but he's subversive, and he will attack. In the church, the devil sees a bottleneck, doesn't he? Here are so many of my enemies gathered. If I can attack them, then I have the world in its fullness. So here we sit in God's forward operating base in this world. And you know how much the devil wants to destroy us. God is our fortress, but we listen to our enemy far too often. The devil tempts us to question our fortress and its integrity, to question our God, what he said. The devil wants death, but he's terribly adept at getting us to listen to him. Did God really say that a bit of water in a sentence spoken by some man means anything, especially for eternity? Come on. Did God really say that you're his child? Did God really say that he's present in the bread and wine of some church meal? You? Come on, did God really say, you know, we know what you've done? Come on! How can that be forgiven? It can't. Not for you. God's given up on the likes of you long time ago. Look around you. Don't you see that I'm running this world? So why put up the fight? You're going to lose. Just lay down your sword, come on over to our side, and you'll see how much fun and how loving this world can be. How much time you'll have back for yourself not having to read that book that nobody can understand or agree on anyways, and you'll get back so much time for you. Just think of all that you can get done. No Christian, young or old, is exempt from the devil's temptations. It would take too long for me to go through examples for every age, you yourself must think through how the devil is asking you, did God really say? Now a good way to do this is to fill in each of the Ten Commandments after that phrase, did God really say? Or to fill in God's promises, did God really say? Did God really say to have no other gods? Did God really say not to covet? Did God really say that my sins are forgiven? And also then take a moment to think about how you, uh, again, another way to get at this is to think about how you stand in agreement with the world. Now there are times when the natural law springs forth something that's in accord with God's will. And those times are great, but those times are few and far between. 
Certainly few and far between the more often occurrences of the devil's lies sounding so reasonable and desirable to make us wise. Simply put, be careful when you find yourself agreeing with the world. Now, I feel like I've given the devil more time than Jesus. (laughs) That's wrong. (laughs) Okay? There are two appointed readings uh, in the Old Testament today. The first is what you heard from Genesis 3. Due to its import and the need for Christians to be very familiar with it, and the rich hymnody that can preach and teach in my place much better than I could do, we got Genesis 3. Okay? But the other is an intriguing reading to pair with the temptation of our Lord. It's the account of David battling Goliath from 1 Samuel 17. Think about that for a second. The temptation of our Lord, David and Goliath. For 40 days, the Philistine giant Goliath, 40 days, mind you, he taunted the army of God's people. And they were afraid. Who could fight? Who could win? Young, small, and unafraid, David stepped forth. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And David had those five smooth stones and his sling, right? And he only needed one to take down the mighty Goliath. Jesus, son of David and David's Lord, was baptized in the river Jordan. The father spoke This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Spirit rested on him as a dove and sent Jesus into the desert to be tempted for forty days. Go, fight, win. The Lord Jesus humbled himself to become man in the place of man. He took up the fight that each of us has lost. Incarnate, Jesus went into the thorn-ridden and sin-cursed wilderness. He didn't eat of any tree, period. He fasted and was attacked by the devil. He went to the tree of the cross, facing the same attacks. Take care of yourself, not them. Save yourself, not them. Come down. And then you'll have the prize. If you are the Son of God, then no suffering, only goodies. You know, if you're the Son of God, right? No. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I am the Son of God, and I am doing the will of my Father. 
You come to me with bread, kingdoms, and ease. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. I have come to suffer, to die, and to rise. Outwardly, Jesus appeared weak. The impact of 40 days without earthly sustenance evident. Yet Jesus, true God and true man, came in the name of the Lord. He drew from the five smooth stones of the books of Moses and slung the word of God at the enemy. The stone sunk into the forehead and the enemy falls. The devil tried to attack the head, but got his own crushed instead. David's victory against Goliath was Israel's victory. Jesus' victory is our victory. The devil goes on attacking Christ's body in his wicked swan song before being cast into the lake of fire. But Christ has beaten the devil. The victory is clear in the temptation account. The victory is clear from the cross when our thirsting Lord heard the same temptations again. If you are the Son of God, save yourself, come down, then we'll worship. Jesus said, it is finished. His saving work for us sinners was complete. Jesus overcame the temptation and the devil in our place. Jesus died in our place, and because of his sacrifice, the penalty of our sins is paid. Death undone. Goliath dead. Christ has defeated death and the devil. They have no power over Christ. So trust Jesus at his word. Listen to him. He will not lie to you. He won't. He draws us nearer to God. He doesn't find us hiding from God, tucked away because of our shame. He clothes us with the garments of salvation, better than skins, better than fig leaves, true clothes. He fits us for the wedding feast. He forgives your sins. You are a son, you are a daughter of God. God has made you new. And he will restore his creation as very good. Your inheritance is eternal life. In Christ you're good. Amen.